Hamza Chamayev can't get into the United States to fight at the UFC 300 main event. I mean, are you serious? Is this true? Hamza Chamayev can't get into the United States to fight at the UFC 300 main event. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that he was in the mix to fight at UFC 300? And some of you did say he can't get into the U.S. Turns out it looks like it's being reported that you may be correct. We got this topic and more, especially UFC Mexico City picks coming up. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community MMA with your host, Chris Cross. Yes! Yes! Let's go, baby! Dana White Privilege. Let's go, baby! What's happening? This your boy Chris Cross checking in. This is the TC MMA podcast, aka the Community MMA, and it's crazy. Got up for work this morning, like 4:30, 5 a.m., something like that. First articles coming out already. Hamza was reportedly going to fight at UFC 300 in the main event, but he's blocked from getting into the United States. Now, let me make it clear. I, I don't know how true this is. That's why I say reportedly. This is what's being reported. And if it's true, that's crazy. First of all, let me, again, let me just say, I told you that he was in the mix to fight at UFC 300. We heard about Ramadan. We heard about him not being able to get into the U.S., but I, I still think the UFC was working on that behind the scenes because you guys got to understand, Hamza is going to be a Conor McGregor type figure. Yeah, I said it. If they let him. But see him not being able to get into the country uh, potentially to fight in the main event at UFC 300, if this is all true, prevents him from that rise. It prevents him from rising to that level right now. But the UFC, I promise you, looks at him as being that type of figure. Because whenever he's involved in a fight, it always ends up turning into craziness. Even when he didn't make weight, it was crazy. Then he's gonna lose to Burns and Usman, who if you go back two, three years ago, you said, no way that's gonna happen. He's gonna beat both those guys. And he beat them both. And then after he beats them both, then it's, oh, you know, he should have lost on decision. Okay, whatever. The man won the fights. And I'm just telling you, his stardom is rising. Yeah, he didn't fight Nate Diaz. He would have whooped him. Steady faced Kevin Holland, who's pretty darn good, and beat him in two minutes by submission. Straight takedown, domination. And he's a guy the UFC can use to build a card around. There's just no mistake in it. There's, and... They were definitely trying to get him at 300. Now I want to know who he was going to fight. And I don't have the article pulled up in front of me. I tried to scroll down, but I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything on that. As I read 90, 90, 95% of the article. And it's like, okay, if he was you know, reportedly going to fight at UFC 300 and you couldn't get into the United States, who was he going to fight? I'd be very intrigued to know those names. Would it be Adesanya? 
would it be Pereira? I mean, could it have been it, Alex Pereira versus Hamza Chamayev at UFC 300 for the light heavyweight title would have been ridiculous. Now, Ramadan does play a factor. So there's a lot of factors here. This is why I say take everything with a grain of salt that you hear. But again, this is a major news outlet reporting uh, this story this morning. So, <clears throat> you know, you got to take it serious. And it's a shame that uh, they couldn't make it happen, that they couldn't get him into the country for certain affiliations he has uh, to fight at UFC 300. I mean, it's wild. So we got a couple people weighing in on Hamza. You see Papa DJ Rowe, it looks like. Honestly, it, it shouldn't be a problem at all letting them into the uh, U.S. All the immigrants coming through are not just of uh, Mexico. They are of 160 different nations. Oh, so he's taking it there. And a good portion of those are known to be of a certain not-so-good type. Do the math on it. They pick and choose who they want to uh, want in this country. All right, so Papa DJ Rowe is going deep on this one. I mean, I guess you could say that. I'm driving to work this morning listening to Joe Rogan and uh, Dr. Phil, and they're getting in, into all that stuff. So it's funny both these things are happening on the same day. But yeah, I mean, the word is you can get in, you can get into the country. You just can't get in legally is what it would seem like. And that's, that's a, that's a shame. Especially when he's a UFC level fighter. So now what if, what if another country decides, Hey, uh, Sean Strickland isn't allowed in dark. I mean, you know, it's, it's, think about that. Think about that. If they said, hey, Sean Strickland's not allowed in this country, so now the UFC, you know, and it's a bigger deal where, where it's the U.S. because that's where most of the fights are. But it, trust me when I tell you, as his stardom rises, there will be a lot more fights outside of the U.S. at our own detriment. Maybe they have two, three fights a year overseas instead of one or two. Maybe it turns into five or ten. You know, because now we're going to start picking and choosing who can come into the country, who can't. So that's a problem in the sports world in and of itself. But, you know, I don't know everything either. But the bottom line is, just as a UFC fan, it seems kind of crazy that we're going to start picking and choosing what fighters can come into the country or not. And if this is a rising guy, a rising star power, and... You're going to say he can't come in, and now that it's forced the UFC to go overseas to let him fight. I mean, it's just phew, slippery slope, man. Slippery slope. But it is what it is. And, you know, that's what was reported today, and I am just couldn't believe it. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. I mean, this is crazy. At the producer way, and it says UFC is not that crazy to do this fight. Izzy would get wrestled and probably sub. This fight is so pointless. It would ruin Izzy stock. Yeah, and of course, talking about uh, Hamza. Gotta love when the motorcycles come by. I love it. Add a little sound to the show. But yeah, talking about Hamza versus uh, Adesanya. That came up today, too. I wonder who would win that fight. Hamza Chamev! You know? 
It wouldn't go Izzy's way. Whoa! <laughs> as much as I love Izzy, Izzy's going down on that one. <laughs> what do you think's been going on since uh, Hamza's been last in the octagon? He's just getting better. He's just getting better. He's 29 now. He's in the in the prime window. The time is now. Right? Because it's going to be a big deal if Hamza turns 30 and he hasn't fought for a title yet and he's undefeated. People are going to start talking. Are you serious? Yeah, people are going to start talking. Serious? Because now it falls onto the UFC because the guy is saying he'll fight anybody. So, but now the country's saying, hey, you can't come here. So you got a major problem. Everybody's upset. A slippery slope. Can you imagine the Hamza fans reading this news today? <laughs> it's crazy. You wake up this morning. If you drink coffee, you're drinking coffee. If you just go right to the news and to the phone, you pull it up, whatever's going on. First thing in the morning, you see Hamza was going to fight in the UFC 300 main event but he couldn't get into the country. Oh my God, bro. It's crazy. And they're probably thinking like I'm thinking, I'm American and I'm like, hey, take this thing overseas. Let's do what we gotta do. I wanna see Hamza fights, one of the baddest dudes on the planet. Now we're gonna pick and choose and say he can't come. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. To me, it's just ridiculous. King Tarzi weighing in, is, it, is this live? Of course. Yes. We are live. King Tarzi in the house. And you don't get as many views as the mobile live stream. But we got to do the podcast on here. So King Tarzi finding us on the other end. I hope everything is going well out there for you. We're just railing that Hamza can't get into the country to fight at UFC 300. It's just wild. Imagine if they would have just imagine. I mean, Jamal Hill is, like, is awesome. Take nothing away from Jamal Hill, but they would have, they would have said Alex Pereira versus Hamza Chamaya. People would have lost their minds. People would have lost their minds. But let's shift gears before this thing gets out of control. Because I'm holding it in today. I'm trying to be a good guy today. It's very difficult. Not happy because I think Hamza should have fought at USC 300 and it's going to be a historical event and by the time they get to 400 that's what seven eight years away yeah so Hamza's missing out on this opportunity and to me it's a slippery slope as the UFC goes forward because now they're thinking you know what what if we would have just had UFC 300 in Brazil or wherever and put Alex Pereira at the top. Maybe put a Hamza up there and say, hey, listen, he's been talking all this smack. We're just going to put him up against the baddest dude on the planet at the biggest weight class they can both be, and, and let's go see it. And people would have lost their minds. You could have just went to Brazil or somewhere else. That's what the UFC maybe think. The UFC isn't going to be stuck in the United States forever. It's where it's based out of. It's the way it looks right now. Then four years ago, you know what happened, kind of shut everything down. They had to kind of re reestablish and rebuild and stay local. But as things get back to normal, whatever that is, the UFC is going to start looking to go overseas more. 
and now you're going to give them a reason to do that, it's not good. It's not good for business. And at the end of the day, people make decisions based on dollars, especially when they're running corporations. So it's just not good. If this, if this is true, but this is what's being reported by some major outlets. So as we shift to UFC Mexico City this Saturday night, keep rocking and rolling because we're on a, a major 10, 11 week stretch right now. Is this week three, week four? I start losing count, especially around week seven. Start looking toward the finish line for that week off. I'm not going to lie. But we're early on, week three or four. And you got UFC Mexico City going down this Saturday night. And, you know, some of the smaller weight classes, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight. Like kicking things off first in the co-main event. We're just going to the top two today. You got Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. What is this, like a three-versus-four matchup? Featherweight division? Two guys that have had opportunities and failed at the highest level, but still you know, trying to scratch and claw and keep themselves relevant for a future title opportunity. And who knows? If they get that opportunity... They might take advantage of it and win. Both these guys are still in the mix. So let's get to that right now. Yair versus Ortega in the featherweight division at UFC Mexico City. You got Yair Rodriguez coming in at 16 and 4, taking on T City. Brian Ortega, who comes in at 15 and 3. Yair is going to be three inches taller at 5'11. He's 31. Ortega 32. Both guys right in the middle of their prime. Rodriguez, two inch reach advantage, 71 to 69. He fights right-handed. T-City Ortega is a switch dance fighter, always an advantage. Now, in terms of activity, that leans to Yair. 4.6 significant strikes per minute to 4.2 for Ortega. But that's only like four or five difference over the course of three rounds. So that's no big deal. Both guys land like a takedown every three rounds. Now, Yair Rodriguez, 60% takedown defense. Ortega, 56. So it's close there. Now, in recent fights, Rodriguez lost... Uh, to Volkanovski for the belt by third round KO. But he did beat Josh Emmett and Brian Ortega by KO uh, before that. So obviously, this is the rematch. Now Ortega has struggled, losing to Yair Rodriguez by KO. Volkanovski by decision. Uh, he did beat the Korean Zombie by decision and lost to Max Holloway uh, by KO. So both these guys, you know, have had their ups and downs, but the bottom line here is that, you know, we have previous experience between these two, and Yair Rodriguez got the win. I mean, he KO'd him in the first round, so that's going to be a factor in this fight. Ortega's going to look to rebound from that situation, and I like him to rebound. You know, they, Ortega has always been a good fighter, and Yair has reached the mountaintop and almost, you know, won the belt but he couldn't get it done. This time, Ortega's coming in with a different attitude. I like Ortega to win this fight by decision. It's going to be interesting at the beginning. He's probably going to get lit up early, but T-City hangs around, and this time we'll find a way to hang around and get the job done and do it in Mexico, on the road, in front of Yair's home crowd. That's my prediction. So I'm going against the grain here. Ortega wins and moves to 16-3, and three, featherweight division, UFC, Mexico City. And Ilya Tapuria just won the belt, right?
Watkins Volkanovsky just a few days ago. So this kind of rejuvenates the division. The division is no longer on lock. Maybe it is. Maybe Tapuri is that good. It could be. But if for everyone else it's fighting to get to that title shot like these two, there's been a crack in the featherweight division. Volkanovski has fallen. He's getting older. He's 35. He's capable of being beat. It's just the way it goes when you hit that age. It's not even the age thing, really. It's just, it is, but he can still go. But it's just, man, you're half a step slow. You're in trouble when it happens fast. So the division is wide open. And these guys are like, you know, I can win this fight, get back in the mix, potentially get a fight against Ilya Topuria, and that's a better option than a Volkanovski, at least what it was two or three years ago. So these guys are both hanging around, and that's it's, it's a big fight, man. I'm just trying to tell you. Yair versus Ortega, co-main event, these guys are going to be coming in hungry. Hungry. And I can't wait for this one to get started. So yeah, that's the co-main. That's the co-main. If you're just joining us too, it's you know been reported that Hamza was blocked from entering uh, the United States in order to fight at USC 300. Reported. You know. Do Michael Reynolds saying T City probably lose again here though? I don't know, man. I just never can count T City out. It's just really, it's going to be a really good fight. And that's why I say we got, man, then in the main event, in the main event, in Mexico City, Brandon Moreno. Oh my God, the crowd's going to go crazy. Taking on Brandon Royval. In a fight that's very similar to the co-main. Two guys fighting to get back to a title shot against Alexander Pantoja, who seemed to solidify himself at the top right now. But both of these guys scratching and clawing, trying to get back to that title fight. So let's get into it right now. In the flyweight division at UFC Mexico City, this is your main event. You got Brandon Moreno coming at 21-7, and seven, taking on Brandon Royval, who comes in at 15-7. and seven. And of course, Moreno will be uh, the crowd favorite. For sure. He's two inches taller than Royval, who's 5'9". Moreno, 30. Royval, 31. So they're both in the middle of their prime. Smack in the middle. Moreno, given up, or excuse me, has two inches uh, in reach. 70 to 68. So a two-inch reach advantage. He fights right-handed. Brandon Royval fights southpaw. Now, in terms of activity, they're equally alike. 3.8 significant strikes per minute right on the money. No difference there. Takedown game, Moreno can land like a takedown and a half uh, every three rounds or a takedown every other round. Roy Vall, that's not really his game. He wants to stand up and strike. Now, Moreno, 64% takedown defense. Coming off the loss to Pantoja for the belt, that was by split decision. Great fight. He actually led in significant strikes, 147 to 129. Before that, he beat Davis and Figueredo and Kai Kai fronts. So he's been in title fights. This will be his first non-title fight in a long time. Now, Brandon Royval, 40% takedown defense, so Moreno can expose that. He lost to Pantoja, and it wasn't quite as close as Moreno's fight with Pantoja. He gave up eight takedowns, just got dominated on the ground, but beat Matthias Nicolau, Matt Schnell, and Rogerio Gontorn before that. So he's a worthy competitor, but look, I'm not going against Brandon Moreno, and I'm definitely not going against Moreno at home. 
He's going to be the crowd favorite. He's the better fighter. Brandon Moreno should get the win here, and he's got the experience fighting in title fights. So despite the numbers being even in terms of activity, Moreno uh, can potentially land a takedown or two, sneak out two rounds that way, win another, and I like him to win a decision 48-47 in this fight if he can't get a KO, which is a possibility too. But he wins, in my opinion, move to 22-7, flyweight division, UFC, Mexico City. Yeah, I think you got to go with Moreno in this one at home. Crowd's fired up. Everybody's ready to go. And uh, Moreno's coming out. And it's about to go down. That's how the scene is, is going to be set. And the people are going to go crazy. And Moreno's going to be full of energy, wanting to win in front of the home crowd, former champion, with a chance to win in front of the home crowd to fight for the belt again. That's what's at stake here. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one this Saturday night. And, and quite frankly, I get, I get pumped up when they go to other countries and there's a bunch of uh, fighters from those countries fighting. It just makes it an exciting night because the crowd is amped up, just like we are, if we, you know, guy, a USA guy is fighting for the title. I mean, it, you know, D. Michael Reynolds back saying Topuria dominates the 145-pound division. Folk will be uh, three KO'd. Sterling gets beat as well. Max, two, very excited division, good fight, including the T-City fight. Yeah, because if T-City can win this, I mean, you never know with T-City because he can take a punch and keep punching. And he's always got a puncher's chance. And that's why I like him. I mean, yeah, Volk beat him. Volk beat everybody. So, you know. But, you know, Yair's going to have the crowd backing. And it's just going to be interesting to see how it goes. It's going to be interesting to see how that one turns out. For sure, for sure. But listen, listen, let's leave it at that. We had to get in here about Hamza. I saw that this morning. I'm like, oh, yeah. Because we're either doing the show tonight or tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, it's got to be tonight. Because we got something to talk about. The UFC 300 could have been headlined by Hamza Chamayev. Regardless of if this story is really true or not. Which it seems, you know, reportedly seems to be accurate. But who knows? But even if it wasn't true. I still say Hamza should have been fighting at USC 300. It would have been crazy, but it didn't happen. And that's the way it goes. So let's leave it at that. Hope you have a great day. And God bless, as always. Peace. Peace.